Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Mythology Central Podcast. I am very excited to introduce today's story coming to us from Celtic Mythology. I'm going to be telling part two of the quest for the Holy Grail. However, before we start this episode, if you haven't yet, I suggest you pause right now and go back and listen to part one of the story from last week. Otherwise, it might get a little bit confusing. I think that's about all. So let us get right into part two of this legend. So, obviously, the knights just don't go straight to the grail. That would be boring, and nobody wants to listen to boring stories. The majority of the adventures that we're going to tell before we get to the grail revolve around Sir Galahad, the pure son of Lancelot. Firstly, how he got his shield. So, when Galahad rode away from Camelot, he left alone at first, seeking his own fortune with the grail. On the fourth day of his travels, he came to the White Abbey. Here, the monks received him kindly and led him into the guest chamber, where he met two more familiar faces, that of King Bagdemagus and Sir Ywain, who were both knights of the round table. They told him that they had heard stories of a magical shield that was kept here, that no man can bear without meeting grave misfortune within three days. But whomever can bear the shield and defeat this misfortune will complete the quest of the Holy Grail. King Bagdemagus told the other two that he was going to try and take the shield tomorrow. However, if he was unsuccessful, he wished that Galahad and Ywain would remain at the abbey and attempt to claim the shield after him. And so, the next day, King Bagdemagus rode off this shield. It was beautifully polished and seemed as white as snow with a red cross painted through the middle. After scarcely traveling two miles, the king and his squire left the cover of the trees and encountered a knight clad in shining white armor. As was customary, they jousted, and King Bagdemagus was pierced through the shoulder where the shield did not cover. He fell to the ground, and the white knight turned to his squire. This man has done great folly to bear this shield. Return whence you came, and give this shield to Sir Galahad, the good knight, as it belongs to him and to him alone. The squire followed these instructions and returned to the abbey, passing the beautiful shield on to Sir Galahad. The next day, Galahad left the abbey, and traveled the same path as the king. Similar to the previous day, after traveling scarcely two miles, Sir Galahad encountered the same white knight. Instead of attacking him, the knight congratulated him on his decision, and revealed the history of the white shield, which is long and complicated, and I will not get into it here. However, the knight let Galahad pass, and so he rode on. He rode for a day through the forest where he encountered Sir Percival and his father, Sir Lancelot. However, somehow, and this does not make a whole lot of sense to me, thanks to the new shield, neither knight actually recognized him, and they began to joust. It was an evenly fought match, until, to everyone's surprise, an old anchoress appeared, saying, Galahad, without doubt, you are the best knight in the world! This accolade alarmed Galahad, who spurred his horse into the forest. Lancelot and Percival rode after him, but lost him. Then, those two knights decided to split up. 
Lancelot rode forward into the forest, and Percival followed the anchoress back to the recluse. So, from this point on, instead of following with Galahad, we're going to follow the story of Sir Percival until once more he meets up with Galahad. After splitting with Lancelot, Percival rode through the forest until he arrived at a little hermitage where the anchoress lived. She welcomed Sir Percival, and over the time that he stayed there, he told her many things, both of his past life as well as his current quest. The anchoress returned to the favor of information, and told Percival that she was the sister of his father, King Pellinore, making her his aunt. She also told him the sad news that his mother had passed away. Percival, remorsed. The most important bit of information, however, that she gave him was that the White Knight, perhaps the most important bit of information that she gave him, however, was that the Red Knight with the white and red shield that he had just previously jousted was indeed Sir Galahad. And Percival, remorsed at his previous envy of the knight, giving the anchoress his word that he would seek him out and join him on his quest. The anchoress answered that he would be worthy of this honor only. He was careful of his temptations. After a short rest, she blessed Percival, and he set out once more. But in fact, his quest was not simply as easy as just joining up with Galahad. Like before, that would just make for a boring story. In fact, before the end of his quest, Percival would have three major encounters. The first happened at about midday, the same day that he left the hermitage, when he came upon a group of twenty armed men, who were carrying a dead body pierced with swords and arrowheads. They asked Percival where he came from, but apparently didn't like his answer of the court of King Arthur. They all cried, slay him, slay him, and set upon him from all sides. Percival fought bravely, killing many of them, but they eventually slew his horse out from under him and were about to kill him when a knight in red armor with a white and red shield rode out of the forest and defeated the entire group. Percival, of course, now knew that this was Galahad. However, by the time he had recovered his senses, Galahad was far out of shooting range, and without a horse, all Percival could do was run after him, yelling. He ran until he could run no more, and then sat down under a tree, sad and tired. This just so happens to be where Percival's second encounter occurs. A strange damsel approaches him and asked him what she could do to cure him from his misery. To her, Percival explains that he was seeking to join Sir Galahad on a quest, but his horse had been killed and he had fallen far behind. The damsel said that she would give him her horse, in exchange, of course, for a favor. Percival immediately accepted this deal, blind to the possible consequences, and a few minutes later the damsel returned leading a great black horse. Percival had never seen one more fierce and mighty. He thanked the damsel and leapt onto the horse, spurring it forward into the forest. They rode quickly through forests, mountains, and plains, eventually coming to a wide river with fast, rushing, dark, foamy water. Here, Percival tried to stop the horse, but it continued forward, seemingly intent on dragging Percival into the river. He prayed to God, making the sign of the cross on his chest, and the horse reared backwards, throwing him off before diving into the water and disappearing. 
Percival now knew that it must have been a beast that sought to carry him down to hell. He knelt down and slept by the river, but in the morning came upon another strange occurrence. A huge serpent and a great lion were down by the river, and as the lion was drinking, the serpent leapt out of the lake and grasped onto the lion cub's neck. Suddenly, an even bigger lion appeared and began to fight the serpent. Percival joined in the attack upon the serpent, killing it with his sword. And on the death of the serpent, the lion made a great show of appreciation, allowing Percival to stroke its head and shoulders. And that night, the lion slept peacefully at Percival's side. The next morning, horseless, Percival continued forward on his quest, accompanied by the lion. He spent many days traveling through a desolate, wild country, but at last came to the sea coast, where he parted ways with the lion who headed off into the forest. Percival rested at the shores, trying to decide which way to go, when a huge black ship arrived. A beautiful lady disembarked and asked him why he wandered in the wilderness. He replied that his devotion to Christ made it safe for him to roam where he would. She told him that he had just met Sir Galahad, traveling through the desolate lands, and told him that if he helped her set up a pavilion and set food inside, she would take him to Galahad. Percival, clearly not learning his lesson from the last encounter he had, was extremely happy to help this beautiful lady with her offer, and quickly set about completing the task. Once it was finished, the lady asked Percival to join her, and while they ate, seeing how beautiful the woman was, he was entranced and offered himself to her. She told him only if he promised himself to her exclusively would she return his affections. He agreed, but as he prepared to sleep with her, he caught a glimpse of the crucifix on the handle of his sword and recalled that he had vowed to remain a virgin. He took this as a signal and cried out to God, making the sign of the cross over his chest. A great wind roared over the pavilion and tore the tent away as it dissolved into black smoke. The damsel screamed out that Percival has betrayed her, but it did not matter. Percival had overcome his temptation and passed the tests. The damsel was dragged back onto her boat, which was blown away from the dock, and Percival once more laid down to rest. In the morning when he awoke, a white ship appeared. On board was an old man wearing a crucifix over his neck, who invited him to join him. Percival went on board the ship, and it sailed off over the sea. This concludes part two of the quest for the Holy Grail. However, there are still many amazing tales to come out of Celtic mythology, along with part three of this very story, dropping next week. You can find me on social media at owen45871 on Twitter and at Mythology Central on Instagram. You can also find the podcast at www.mythologycentral.com. I hope you enjoyed, and please be sure to check out part three of this legend, dropping next Monday at 12pm Mountain Time. Mm -hmm.